Welcome to track number 12 of building a multiple mega church. Now, you will notice that the ministry is not as a result of hard work. In fact, if you don't go away from this camp without learning anything, I want you to learn something. That the ministry is, does not come about because of hard work, diligence, um, uh, strategies. What? Proper management, whatever. But it is as a result of the anointing of Almighty God upon a person. And without that anointing, I'm telling you, you will find out that without that anointing, you will find out that you are just paddling in the water. You are not swimming. You are just making noise and splashing around. You need to be anointed. Amen. You need to actually catch an anointing to work with. Otherwise, you will, you will not. Now, I want us to look at Second Kings chapter 2. We are talking about a hard thing. Louisa, you gave me a pen, didn't you? Second Kings chapter 2. We are going to read verse 9. Second Kings chapter 2. We are going to read verse 9. All right? What does it say? It says, And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elijah. Let's all read together from verse 9. Ready, go. Amen. Let's read verse 10 again. Amen. Can you realize at this point that even as Elijah was going, there was still no guarantee that Elijah was going to have that anointing. And notice that there was one thing that Elijah went. Do you know that it's possible that Elijah had some properties? Elijah had built a house. Do you know that it's possible that Elijah had a car? Or a donkey? And he was asking, what do you want from me as I'm leaving you? And, and all that he had, maybe he had a chariot. Because he was a great man of God of his day. And all that he wanted was what? Of what? What? He wanted, he said, I want a double portion of thy spirit, not of the Holy Spirit, though, of thy spirit. Notice that. A double portion of thy spirit. Tehu. 
please, are you, are you getting something here? And he said, what you ask is very hard. And it's very hard, it's true. It's hard. But I believe that it is possible. Because if the anointing that is upon A comes on you, you will begin to do what that person is doing and you will be surprised. And I want to say that I do believe that many of us are operating without anointing. We are just doing good hard work. Good Christian preaching and teaching. No anointing. And we don't even want it. You see, the sign that you don't have the anointing because you don't even want it. People who are anointed desperately want it. One thing that Benny Hinn says often, whenever you listen to Benny Hinn next time, you listen carefully. He says that, how I desire. He said, no one desired the anointing more than I desired it. He said, I desired what was on Catherine Kuhlman. He said, no one has desired the anointing more than me, Benny Hinn. And I'll tell you something, that if you don't desire it, what do you think? Something is going to be given to you which you don't have the slightest. It's not something that you even think about. How is it going to come upon you? It's not going to come upon you. And, and that is why it's a hard thing. Because why is it a hard thing? Number one, when, when something is hard, you see, few people have it, like medicine. How many people are doctors? Many people like, but few be, are able to do medicine. Many people actually want to do medicine and are not able to do it. Because it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to qualify. So whenever you begin to see something which few people have, it means that that thing is a bit difficult. That is one of the signs. Few people have it. Another sign that the thing is uh, 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 hard to get is that few, few have it, and number two, few get it. And then the next one is that many try to get it. And another one is that there are many imitations of the anointing. I mean, something that is very, you know, expensive, people, something like gold. I mean, there are many cheap imitations of gold. Many of you wear cheap imitations of, take off your earring, please. Look at that. Is this gold? Look at that. I'm sure it's very cheap. How, how, is it cheap? About 2000 Look at that, shiny like gold. The real thing is there. These are all the play, the imitations. But the real thing is there. A few, few, I, is there anybody who is wearing real gold? Real gold. You are wearing real gold apart from rings. Real gold. Your glasses are 22 carat gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check who's wearing 22 carat gold glasses. Is there anybody else who's wearing glasses with uh, gold? Wearing 22 carat gold. Thank you. Please, I want you to understand that once something becomes fewer and fewer of it, look at this shiny pen that Louisa gave me. It cannot be gold. I doubt very much whether it's gold. What have they written on it? Tablets of India. Hmm? It can't be gold. But the real thing is there. So really, few people are anointed. How many would like to really be anointed with the anointing? Do you really, really want it? 
I said, what are you, what are you doing to get it? No, okay, let me ask you, from what I'm saying, do you think you behave like somebody who really is after the anointing? Huh? How many think you behave like somebody who is real? How, how many think you don't really behave like somebody who is really after the anointing? You don't behave like somebody who is after the anointing. Your right hand, please. I want to see. Yeah. Thank you. So that is, you are beginning to say yes and no. <laughs> Which is progress. Amen. So if you know that you don't, then I'm pointing out to you the whole essence of this thing is to get you to begin to desire the anointing and chase after the anointing. Amen. All right. So why is it a hard thing to be anointed? Why? Why do you think so? Why is it hard? How many believe that if you are anointed... Listen, what is the difference between copying and being anointed? Huh? Can I open this? Uh-huh. Yes, Ima? Good. What do you think? What is... Okay, what is the evidence that the anointing is there? Why are you closing the windows? You're feeling cold. Ah, okay. The ladies are cold. I'm feeling hot. That's the problem with marriage. <laughs> one is cold and one is hot. <laughs> yes? What are the signs that the anointing will be there? Is there anybody? You behave like the person. Is it biblical? Why do you say it's biblical? AC. They, they can't hear you. Elijah behaved like Elisha. He said, I want that spirit. Elisha behaved like Elijah. What were the similarities? Spectacular. Do you know that both of them helped widows? Do you know that both of them closed the heavens? This man closed it for three and a half. This one who had double anointing closed the heaven for seven years. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> uh-huh. They parted the Jordan. They were both dealing with kings. You know, there are some ministers who deal with government. Some don't deal with government. What else? Huh? They raised the dead. Good. What else? They both had servants, isn't it? And so on. Look at Elijah and John the Baptist. How did they behave? Where where, where are the type of places that Elijah was living? Wilderness. Wilderness, Where was John the Baptist also staying? Coming from the same type of place. What sort of food was John the Baptist eating? Locusts, grasshoppers. What was, was Elijah eating? He was being fed by ravens. What would ravens bring him? Worms and things like that. What sort of clothes was Elijah wearing? Camels, hair, skin. What sort of clothes was John the Baptist wearing? Huh? He was also wearing something like that, the same thing. What, what sort of, what sort of, what do you call it was, uh, what, so, who, what sort of type of ministry was John the Baptist? Confrontational? Did they confront kings? Did he, John the Baptist confront a king? Which king did he confront? Did Elijah confront a king? What's the name of the king? Did the wife of John the, uh, 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 the king, whom this guy confronted, chase John the Baptist? What's her name? 
Herod, Herod's wife, Herodias. Well, we accept what you say because we are not sure. Herodias, she cut off the head of John the Baptist, you remember? That terminated the ministry of. Was there a woman who chased Elijah? What is her name? After that, what happened to the ministry of Elijah? Huh? Was that not the end of Elijah's ministry? Was then that's the time that he said, oh, I'm tired, I'm the only one. I said, ah, I'm disturbing you. I don't want to disturb you at all. Then he replaced him with Elijah. Women ended the ministry of both John the Baptist and Elijah. Oh, you haven't noticed that? A woman ended the ministry of Elijah, and a woman ended the ministry of John the Baptist. Their ministry was John the Baptist spectacular. Spectacular people were coming out into the wilderness to hear him. What about Elijah? Were they confronting sin and the social issues of their day? Was Elijah doing that? He got all the 400 prophets of Baal, put them together, and told them, maybe your God has gone to the toilet. Maybe he's at the toilet. He will come out soon. By 6 o'clock, he will be there. Maybe he's troubled. In fact, one verse said that he's pursuing. That is, that is going to the toilet. He's going to pursue. <laughs> he's going to pursue. And uh, 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 what, what a sort of message that John the Baptist preached. You brood of vipers, telling people are coming. They are coming. You are telling you brood of vipers, snakes, snakes. Can you imagine? I go to Holy Trinity Cathedral. And then I go and I stand and the bishop of Accra and all the reverend provosts and others are there. You snakes, all of you snakes. Can you imagine how it would be like? In fact, if God has not sent you, you better not go and do anything like that. Brood of vipers. Amwaku can do that, yes. Reverend Amwaku. God has not called you, please. Just stay in your rank. Amen. And I want you to understand that you know, it takes a certain strong desire to want the anointing before you get it. And I believe that that's why many of you don't have it. Because I, how will I know that you have it? Look, do you know when I started to watch this man? I'm talking about 1983 when I was in London. This was the tape they were playing Tuesday evening service. And when I came back, I think it was when I came back, I think it was when I came back, either 83 or two years later, I came and I asked the pastor. I asked him for the tapes. And he gave them to me. I have all other tapes apart from Fred Price, Kenneth Copeland and so on. From since 1983. So I've had these tapes. I used to play these tapes and I just used to watch it. I want, at that time I was a student. I was here. I was, I was in... M13, Lingon Hall. I was working. I can imagine how lean I was. I think you are putting up some of those pictures so you can see where we came from. But I longed to be a pastor like that. Do you understand? I desired it from my heart. I longed to have a church just like that. Don't you see that we have a church just like that? Those of you who come, eh? Even the stage, but all those things, I didn't plan them. In fact, it's recently, just recently when I gave the tape to Joseph to clean and he brought them and I played it again, that I, I saw some of these things. 
But you realize even the way we, we, we go about everything is very similar. PV. <laughs> Pardon? The sacred bench. <laughs> You see, and you realize that I desire the anointing so I so much wanted to be a pastor. And I would come home from Legon on Saturdays in the morning after we had all night. And I would just come. Nobody told me. I didn't know that what that's what I was doing. You see, sometimes you, you don't know what you are doing. Then wait later on you look back and you realize what you did. And then you try to share with others, look, this is what I did. This is what Elijah did. This is what Elisha did. And I looked, I would sit down and I would just play this. Sometimes I could just play this and play it again. Over. There are two tape messages on each video cassette. And I'll just play one, two, and then I'll go to school. Sometimes I'll sit and I'll fall asleep. One day my father told me, Do you think you will be a priest? You can be a priest by watching video. That's what he told me. And the Spirit of God was speaking to me through him. I mean, the Spirit of God must have, or some other spirit must have been saying something. Because something knew that something was coming on me, do you understand, without even knowing it. This was my Bible school. I've not been to Bible school for one single day to learn how to preach. I watch and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. And, watch. and I love it. You see, you have to admire the thing to want it. That's one of the things. Without the admiration being there genuinely and wanting it. Some of us admire, for instance, when I came to the medical school, I've never admired any doctor. I've never wanted to be like Professor (laughs) So-and-so. Never. I've never wanted to be. I wanted I I would like to be like this man. And that's where I am now. One day I was walking through our church. I was preaching on on a Sunday morning. And I was somewhere in the middle down there near the control room. Pinana, you struggling? I was somewhere near the control room down there. And as I stood there and I was talk, I was preaching, I, I just saw this video and I realized that I'm there. Where I, I was standing or dream that we'll have a church. This, that. I didn't even know. From school of hygiene, when I came to college, we started a small group, talking, talking, preaching, 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 preaching. So through so many things. If the anointing is on you and you give the anointing an opportunity, you are going to find out that God will anoint you. God will use you. God will bless you. But you have to want it. And we are ministers. Amen. I said we are ministers. And if you are ministers, there's only one thing that you need, and that is to be anointed. Joyce, can you understand what I'm talking about? Right. So, why do we say it is a hard thing? Number one, 33 reasons why it is a hard thing to get the anointing. Number one, the anointing is very costly. Amen. Number two, the anointing, you know that you know Exodus 30, the anointing oil, it was the precious ointment of God. Number two, that it was the alabaster box of ointment, it was very expensive. And I mean, I, I, I'm not going to give something precious to you if I if I think you are not going to value it. 
because I value what I have. And if I value something, you know, you don't just... I had somebody, somebody who had, I mean, a, a new car. Somebody said, I want to drive. He said, what? Are you joking? Want to drive my new car? It's very precious. What is precious? You don't just easily release it. What? You want to drive my new car? Are you joking? Very precious. You don't give out your precious things easily. How do you expect God is going to give out his precious anointing easily? And especially to somebody who is not even thinking of it. How dangerous you would be with such a, a, a precious gift. You will be, even God has taught us the principle, do not cast your pearls before swine. What is, what is a, a swine going to do with pearls? They'll just put it in the nose and go and mix it with the toilet. And rub it in it. Well, that's pearls, expensive pearls. If you don't desire it, you are not going to have it. Amen. Amen. Number two, the anointing is God himself. Is the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Amen. And number three, you notice that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is specially protected by God. The Holy Spirit is... You see, I think that before God decided to give the Holy Spirit, pour out the anointing on people, he thought about it a lot. That is why Jesus said one day, people were insulting. He said, oh, insult me. But the Holy Spirit, if you blaspheme against him, it, it will not be forgiven you. You can insult me, do all sorts of things. But the anointing, don't say. Because that thing is very precious before God releases it. Amen? Are you listening to me today? Wonderful. So, you must know that the Holy Spirit and the anointing, before God gives it out, is specially protected. Amen? That is why anybody who plays around or messes around with the anointing is going to be destroyed. Number four, the reason why it's hard is you need a strong desire. Now, is it biblical to have a desire? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says, Covet endlessly spiritual gifts. In fact, the word gifts is not even there, but it's the word spirituals or things of the spirit. Covet. 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 Covet means you really strongly desire especially something that may even be somebody's. Ah, have you noticed that word covet? Covet is usually when it's dealing with what belongs to somebody else. When the thing belongs to somebody else, that is where covetousness comes in. And God is saying that spiritual covetousness for spiritual things is acceptable. You must covet earnestly. And I tell you, you know, I desire, I desire to be to operate in the anointing of healing. Now, you people, you shouldn't feel too sleepy because yesterday night we, we closed. People went home and went to the door and chatted for a long time before sleeping. Do you know that? Huh? Yes or no? All right. We are going to break in a moment so that we can all have a coffee break and then we come back. So, those of you who are making coffee, you know something? Just pause. We are going to all break. Everybody drink coffee and come back. Amen. So let me just finish this point. Then we, we break for five minutes. Then we come back. You need to have a strong desire. Me as I'm here, I have strong... Do you know that I have a strong desire for? Can you see strong desire in me? Eh? You can see strong desire in me. Strong for miracles. 
I have strong desire. And I know where I'm going. And um, what the same game that I played for this one, I'm playing the same game and another. <laughs> I know the way that I'm going. Amen. Slowly, definitely, but surely, I know the way I'm going. And you see, I believe that God is showing us a clear way. This is the way. If you want to be anointed, you understand, there is a way. And if you are a minister and you are not anointed, you are just, a, a, you are just there. And you need a strong desire, Pastor Johnny. Strong desire. Strong desire. It has to be in you. And I want to say to you, to pastors today, please, this one of the sins of lay pastors is what? Huh? Check your, what do you call it and see? Yesterday. No, that's one of the points you... Low desire, low desire or even no desire, maybe it should be that that desire is not there for anointing. It's not there. Please, church, I want you to see a miracle. Amen. Look at me. I am a miracle. No training. No Bible school. No pastor has encouraged me. Nobody told me that I could do it. Only Reverend Saki would encourage me. When I would preach, he said, oh, it's a good, very good message. In fact, when I began to preach, I... Um, People, certain people were criticizing me and so on. No, no, nothing. Just the anointing that passing from somebody to somebody. And there we are. And we are moving on. And this man has built the largest building, church building in the whole of America. Seats 10,500. The largest building. They have moved from this place. They used, people used to queue up 4 a.m. to come to service. 4 a.m. they were queuing. This video that we're watching. 4 a.m. But during the days of the faith movement, this was major. It was major in California. Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth used to come there every time. Fred Price used to send, and Fred Price, he would tell you, he named his church building Kenneth Hagin Auditorium. <laughs> he, he got the teaching anointing from Papa Hagin. He sent Papa Hagin $10,000 every year to buy him clothes. It's a very clear channel. It's not mystical. If it was very mystical, it's like God has left us with some bread that we don't know how to find. Some special bread that is we are supposed to get it from some mystical place. But God is making the thing quite easy for us to see if we have a real desire for the anointed of God. I remember hearing all those things. So every year he said that because and he named one of his one of the buildings a Kenneth Hagin Auditorium. Kenneth Hagin Auditorium. He listened to Kenneth Hagin, soaking Kenneth Hagin. He used to preach at Kenneth Hagin's camp meetings. Kenneth Hagin used to come, Papa Hagin used to come to their church, this Fred Price church, every year and hold major program there. And he, oh, he Papa Hagin, father, when it comes to teaching and what, what have you. I remember times Papa Hagin would come have meetings and Papa Hagin would anoint him so much that he, could, he can't talk. Pastor Yoko, please come right here. He, he can't, he can't, he can't even talk. There was a time they couldn't even speak in, in English. Anymore. They had to just carry him to the house. Anointing. You understand? And this is, I tell you, it's people who desire, and God is not going to give it to you if you don't desire it. And all that I'm trying to achieve in you is to stir up that thing in you. Desire the anointing. Yoku, right here. Just right over here. 
Desire the anointing. Amen. Please, will you desire the anointing? You know that if you desire the thing and you do what you must do to get this hard thing, it's possible that you will have it. I am tired of little cell churches. We've come a long way. But God is saying we can have, we can have lighthouse at Kolegono. You will be standing in your church. 500 people. 1,000 people. Standing there. You will be there. Ministering. Talking. Ministering to the people. It's the anointing. It's not a, 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 a gimmick. It's not a strategy. It is possible. If you desire it and you go for it, God will anoint you. And you'll find out that you are anointed. Pinana, I don't know whether you understand what I'm talking about. It's possible. But you see, many of us, our goals are secular. That's one of the problems with labor. Our goals are in a totally different world. The pastor is, the pastoral part or the other ministry part is more of like an appendage. It's like an extra added burden that we are carrying. That we carry with us. Am I lying? Eh? God is saying, I'm tired of my ministry being like an extra burden that you are carrying in your life. Look, all the times that I've desired the ministry, God has not put my face down. I've excelled in all the other areas. I've excelled in all the other areas. Have I not excelled in school? I excelled in school. It didn't affect me. In fact, from second year, when I almost failed my exam, I almost failed all my exams anyway, but I always did well. When I almost failed my exam, I realized that it was not worth it. From that time, something died in me to do well in school. I just wanted to do well in the ministry. Let something die in you to do well in secular and let something come alive in you to do well in the ministry. And I believe strongly with all my heart that it's possible that Lighthouse will not just be, oh, the cathedral, Collegono. It's possible. And that is the ministry that we want. We don't want just a ministry with a little group in a little classroom. No, that's not why we came to the ministry. We are not fellowship shepherds. We are not ministry shepherds. We are pastors. Amen? Please take somebody, take somebody, say, listen, please, you've got to have a desire. Go to have a desire. Take the person, minister to the person. Look, 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 listen, listen to what I'm saying. This tape, if you ask me to learn it to you, I wouldn't even give it to you. It's very valuable to me. I've kept it for a long time. Who has my yogi? Pastor, do you have my yogi tape? You don't have it. But I learned this from you. Did you give it back? God's generals are with you. Who has my yogi video tape? Yes. Those who are around. Okay. Yes, maybe it's in the zoo. Yes, before <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do. <laughs> now, if you ask me for this tape, <laughs> I, I will give it to you. It's very valuable to me. Although I don't listen to them nowadays, 
that is valuable to me. This is now sitting to people. When I got home, I thought to myself as I was going up there, I said, no, if they break my car tonight, because they have broken our cars in our house before, if they break my car, this tape, if I lose it, I've lost something. So I just took this tape. I said, in case today, I left everything else. I don't care whatever, but this tape, the anointing, you must value it. You must value it. How does that? How does how how does the anointing come? So the next one is you must value it, isn't it? You must desire it. You must value it. Amen. How does the anointing come? Please look at Second Kings again. Then we we'll just go and have our coffee break and come back. Second Kings. Second Kings. Yeah. Did you get it? Chapter two. Verse eleven. Okay, let's read from verse 10. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Verse 11. And it came to pass as they still went on and did what? And did what? And did what? And did what? <laughs> as they went on and talked. Please notice, the man was always talking to Elijah, Elisha. Amen. And the anointing of God, Jesus said, the words that I speak, the words, <laughs> they are spirit and they are life. 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 Do you understand what I'm saying? Spirit. What is spirit? What is spirit? What is spirit? What is spirit? Anointing. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the spirit. The anointing is the spirit. You've got to value it. You've got to desire it. Hallelujah. And if you value it, you desire it. I believe with all my heart that it will come. It's the most precious thing. Catherine Kuhlman once said something. She looked at the congregation. She looked at them and said, He's more real to me than all of you. He said, He's more real to me than all of you here. The Holy Ghost and the anointing that was upon her, something that she was more conscious of, more aware of, than the people that were physical beings around there. People would come into her office and fall under the power in the office. You just hear behind her sometimes, just be the presence of God will fool them. You fall down in the office. The anointing was something so precious and so real. Sometimes she would say, don't hurt the Holy Spirit, please. She was very conscious of that anointing that was upon her. That made her be able to do what she was doing. She was afraid to lose it. Just like David. Take not your spirit away from me. Send to somebody, shake the person. You've got to value the, the valuable anointing. Yeah. As a person, do you value it? If, as a person, more than your husband or wife, do you value the anointing more than your husband or wife? Are you sure? Are you sure? All right. We have a coffee break for five minutes. Please, I, w- I don't want you to go to your rooms. 
Well, we have to come and follow you. If you have to go, go and come immediately. Five minutes, we are continuing. I'm giving you the break so that you are left. Everybody should drink coffee. Amen. This is why it's hard to get the anointing. But, in other words, 33 things that you can do. How many do you have? Five. Only five. Hey, now the anointing is what? Costly. Number one. Number two, what? Anointing is God. Number three. Number four. You need a strong desire. Okay, number, num, then num, number, okay, so that's number five, you must value it. So number six, other desires usually drown this desire. Other desires usually drown the desire for the anointing. When you have other desires, usually it drowns the desire for the anointing. You have a desire to be that, a desire for that, a desire for that, a desire for that. Anointing desire is down. How many have experienced that before? Say yes. Who has experienced that before? Can you stand up? Tell us about it. Yes. Who else has experienced it? Mrs. You want to tell us? Stand up. Uh, have you written down the law thing? Then bring it. Listen, listen, listen. My wife's voice is very soft. It's one of the things that attracted me to her. Who else has experienced that? Don't you think that you see at your office or your work, when you go to work, the people who work where you are or are in school where you are, they have certain ambitions. So it sort of wraps on on you. So just as they are progressing in that realm, that is also where you also want to progress in. Uh, is that not is that not the case? So without realizing it, you begin to have the desire and the ambition in certain directions, especially from your work. And then when you come to church and you come to a camp like this, then it's like, oh, in fact, I have to also go more than 19 years. But you are going back to the same office. You are going back to the same place. And you'll be with people. That is why, in fact, me, most of my friends, in fact, when I, sometimes when I see some of my colleagues, medical colleagues they they are very discouraging to me even up to now they, they have some certain sort of comments and certain things about them it's like some even though i am successful as a pastor but i don't like associating with them it's like i'm a fool i realize that when i'm in another company altogether i'm encouraged when i'm in your company i'm encouraged Well, well, are you not encouraged when you are in this company? Yeah. Yes. So it's like this is the direction, this is the direction, this is the direction. Because in every group there are things that are aspired to. Things that people aspire to. In every group. So in your office group, your workplace, your school, there are things that you, And without knowing it, because of what people are aspiring, it's like life is a sort of rat race. The nearest rat to you is the one you want to beat. And if it's running a medical road or a legal road or any other academic road, you also want to run faster than him in that direction. 
And sometimes when we are older that we say, ah, we said yes, we said yes. Oh, how foolish. Then we begin to say, say ah, what are all these things that I have followed? That is why those who are anointed are few. Because those who can see that, hey, this rat race, no. At least this rat, particular rat that is by my side, I wouldn't like to run with it. <laughs> Let me find another rat, a spiritual rat, and run with the rat. How many can see the type of rat I'm talking about? Find a pastoral rat and run with the rat. Have, have you noticed that in your office? You've noticed it. Are you sure? Yes or no? Yes. Amen. Please, it's real. And I want to say, that is why the difference between you and somebody else who will not be anointed is the decision that you will take even now. What you will follow. And I'll tell you, God is not expecting you to drop everything and be full time. But even as where you are, in the level that you are to aspire so much for the anointing as a worker, it takes something. It takes something. I said it takes something. And if you have that thing, that alone distinguishes you in, among the crowd. I'm not talking about hard work. I'm talking about desiring for the anointing and searching for them, working after the thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. So what is the next one? Number seven. You have to become a servant. Res ipsa loquitur. That is what we learned under the old lesson. How to not be confused. Eh? Or what? The matter speaks for itself. Res, R-E-S, Ipsa, I-P-S-A, Loquitur. Is it correct? Loquitur. L-O-Q-U-I-T-U-R. Loquitur. Res, Ipsa, Loquitur. Pardon? The matter speaks for itself. Now, the next reason why it is difficult or it's a hard thing to get anointing is because you have to become a servant. A nice big person like you becoming a servant. Amen. A nice great big person like you you must become a servant. A servant to who? A servant to who? A servant to who? The one who is carrying the anointing to whom you want. Anointing carrier. How was, let's see how was Joshua described. Joshua the servant of Moses. Did you ever hear that expression? Elisha, many years later, after Elisha was, was gone, Elijah was gone, they were looking for a prophet. And they said, let us find a certain man, Elisha, 
All right, I want to ask for your attention. I do not like speaking when there are little, little conversations going on in a group, all right? If you look at Second Kings chapter 3, they were looking for a prophet, and they said, let us find Elisha. Look at Second Kings chapter 3, verse 11. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. That was how he was remembered. He was a servant. Amen. That was how he was remembered. A. A. Allen. Have you heard of Shambak? Shambak was somebody who was catching people when they were being slain under the power by A. A. Allen. Did you know that? Did you know that? Shambak. He was one of the servants. So, how many of you can be servants today? Huh? Real servants. Is it practical? Is it possible? How? How can you be a servant today? You carry the anointed man's Bible. Huh? What? You do what? Perfectly. You can work with the person. Let's look at modern day servants. We are diverting a bit. Servants. I want us to look at servants. Servants are the people who catch the anointing. All the people in the Bible who were dis- disciples. Do you remember the disciples? They were they not servants? Go and buy food, share the bread. Grown ups with families. Share the bread and fishes. Say, take one fish, take fish, take bread, take bread like that. Uh, all through. Some of you even wouldn't like to do that at this meeting. In some churches, I know it's pastors who share communion. Some of you, if I ask you to share bread now, you feel that I'm, I'm humiliating you. Seriously, I know that. Oh, I know what I'm saying. If I ask you to do that, you feel that I'm, I'm humiliating you. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I want you to understand that it's a servant who catches the anointing. Wake that man up. Stand up, you. Yeah, Abatinius. Brian Abatinius, come. Stand here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven signs of a servant. Eleven signs of a servant. You say you are a servant. Number one, if you are really a servant, amen. A servant. Number one is at the beck and call of his master. In fact, I should say that number one, a servant has a master. (laughs) That's the first one. A servant has a master. And you must be able to see somebody as a master. It's as simple as that. As a master. Master says I should come. 
Master says this, Master says that, Master says that. So I said, ah, whatever. Look, I wanted to go to America to go and serve some of these people. But it wasn't practical, it wasn't possible. God showed me another way. I would have cleaned the toilet of this man if he would give me an opportunity. Yeah. I would have done anything for whatever to just be near the anointing. To be a real servant. No, I, I don't, it's personal. I don't know this type of carrying somebody's Bible and books. And so to me, sometimes it's an irritation. And to me, it's not a, being a servant. I, I, don't, I don't even like it. It's only when it's a real, I really need help that I like somebody. But I, I don't see why you carry, you carry my Bible now. I said, I mean, what is that? Come, get up. Let me show you something. Get up, come. Okay. So, he's the man of God, and I'm helping him. This is his. Let's see. Come. Let's see. That doesn't make you a servant. No. That doesn't believe that you are a servant. I mean, it's even odd. And this book that he's carrying, he could have put it in his pocket and just come. <laughs> a servant has a master. Amen. If you are trying to catch the, an anointing from somebody, oh, and you desire, I want that spirit that is on you, you must see the person as your master. You must also see the person as your father, that we are coming to the fatherhood one. But now we are talking about the servant. That this was, he was the servant. You must see the person as a master. Because I tell you, really, your mouth must be open like that. Whatever he says, you just take it. And you just do it. And people who catch the anointing are remembered for the service that they did to their master. Remember Jesus and his disciples. His disciples were remembered as the the house boys of Jesus Christ. The people who went to buy food, who went to hire donkeys, who went to uh, serve this thing, who collected 12 baskets. Go and collect the, the rest of us. Come on, do that. Uh, 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 Thomas, come on, go and carry that. This were the, these were the servants of Christ. And they are the people who caught the anointing. Are they not the ones? Did they not die the same way Jesus died? Did they not lay their life for the foundation of the church? Same thing that Jesus did. A servant has a master. Number two, a servant is at the beck and call of his master. What does it mean if you are the beck and call? If you are the beck and call of you are prepared to do menial jobs, are you not? You see, the very fact that it, it sort of pins you when something is said to you in a certain way or something is asked for you to do shows that there's something in you that is not a, a servant spirit yet. Because the disciples, a servant, look, I've had houseboys in my house who felt they were not houseboys. When I send them, I say, go on this, when sometimes when visitors come, they will try to behave in a certain way. Oh, my, sometimes we have some foreigners staying in our house. It's, oh, this is my, uh, my cousin. Or this, oh, it's, it's, uh, we are, so try to give an impression that he's not a servant. And even when he's doing the things that a servant, it's like, 
everything that is like, even to you, I may say yes, but it's like to the general public. I don't want people to feel or think that I am a servant to you. That's not a real servant. A real servant is not shy. No, look, anything that he tells me to do, I am prepared to do and I'll do it. And people can see publicly that the man I'm telling, that is my, that not my boss, but my master. I am his servant. And that is why I say that if something I ask you to do publicly now, if just I ask you, I say, get, get up and go and pick all the pieces of paper from all the floor now. And it's like, oh, but I am pastor so-and-so. Pastor huh? <laughs> so-and-so. That's why you can't receive the anointing. Because you are, you are great. You are too great. It's servants who catch anointing, not masters. Not co-masters. But now you are a great person. It's like, ah, sorry. Sorry for disturbing you. And when I go to my house at 2 a.m., everybody, I've told everybody now that I am not a thief. When I come at 2 a.m., I am not a thief. Everybody in the house must wake up. Because I am not a thief, I, know I don't come secretly. And I'm not doing a bad thing when I come at 2 a.m. That's the, the returning time for my work. Everybody, and I can call, I can call them up, down, up, down, up, down, because I eat in my room. I don't eat, I eat in my room. My room is my everything. I'm used to staying in one room. I can call them, bring me water, go down. You can't be angry. The day that you are angry is the last day of your work in the house. angry. When you are working for me, you are my servant in that real sense of the word. You cannot be angry. How do you be angry? That is the day that you want to leave. Is the day that you'll be angry. How many understand what I'm talking about? A false servant, he would like to give another picture especially to the outside, where people especially people can see. Notice that character. And I notice it. And I notice when I say that when people are around, they don't want certain things to be said. Oh, do this. Do this. Stay here. Stand up. Move that. Do this. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, you, are, you are crossing the line. Oh. Oh. Please. Drop it. After all, the church is a voluntary organization. You are here as a voluntary person. But I want you to know the fact remains that it's servants who catch the anointing and not masters. Servant does menial jobs. Menial jobs. Amen. Number three. A servant cannot be inconvenienced by any job or any task. A master is very much inconvenient. Hey, hey, do you know the time? When you call a master, say, ah, do you know the time you are calling me? Do you know the time that you are, you are calling me? Do you know the time? <laughs> it's, 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 it's one o'clock. Do you know that it's one o'clock? That is a master. But a real servant, I can come to your house and break down the door and you say, yes, sir, please, you are welcome. Don't worry about the door at all. That is our problem. Please, what can I do for you? But a master, a master is inconvenient. The people who work for me in my house, there's nothing that I do or that I can do to them that inconveniences them. How can you be inconvenienced? Are you not my servant? Do I not pay you? I mean, I'm using the word servant. I respect them. I pay them well. I do whatever. If you see the people who work in my house, you think that they are my relatives. 
But I'm using that to give you an illustration for you to see something. A servant is never inconvenient. Look. Pastor Ishmael. Pastor Ishmael. Are you all my pastors here? Are they all here? Where, where, where is Atu? Where is Mountie? Good. Pastor Ishmael, if these people are working for you, you must be able to call them at any time. Come, 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 come now. Come now, come, come right away. When you go to their house at 2 a.m., you must be happy to see. Oh, Pastor Ishmael has come. It must be a master-servant relationship. But if you're a good master, you, you treat your servants. Don't treat our servants badly. When you see the servant, you see the servant is there. But the servant knows that this man. You cannot inconvenience your master. I mean, you cannot be inconvenient if you are a real servant. But if you are a master, say, oh, <laughs> oh, this is too late. It's too late. Amen. Please, I hope you understand what I'm saying. What are the three signs of a servant you have? He has a master. He's at the beck and call of his master. Number three. He cannot be. Amen. Number four. A servant does not see himself as equal to his master. But you see, in our modern day type of servants who are trying to catch their anointing, it's like, ah, but we are classmates too. But you are married and I'm married. I have three children. You also have three children. Isn't it? So that affects our ability to flow as servants. And therefore our ability to receive as servants receive when they are receiving the anointing. Amen. It affects the whole flow. Because it's like, that we are all, but you are a doctor, I'm a doctor. How many doctors are there here? Lift your right hand. I'm a doctor, you are a doctor. Lift your hand, please. I'm a doctor, you are a doctor, isn't it? Are you a doctor, I'm a doctor. Oh? Are you a doctor, I'm a doctor. Oh? Oh? You are a doctor, I'm a doctor. So, I mean, what was the big deal? The school that I went, I've also, the school that I went, you've also gone. What's the big deal? You are a doctor, I'm a doctor. That is what affects us. And we are not able to flow. And therefore we are not able to receive the anointing. Because it's servants who receive the anointing. Amen. Classmates. That's why, that is why mostly my classmates cannot be in the church. It, it takes a certain spirit to be here if you are my classmate. Because I'm the same class. Maybe the same age. That's why from the medical school almost my class, almost there's not a single person, but those who are maybe seven years after me. How many years behind me are you? About seven years. Who can begin to receive, who can behave like servants in relation to a person? My classmates, not, oh, there's only maybe one person who from my class is in, 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 uh, uh, in the church. I mean, not, not even here. And even here for me, because as you come, I am training you to be a pastor, although we are mates. And we are all learning under the same professors. It's not a simple thing. It takes a certain particular spirit. Amen.
This message continues on the next track. Keep listening. <laughs> 